Welcome to the Things We Don't Talk About podcast with Alison Mulligan and Mike Hartley. So welcome everybody to episode two of the Things We Don't Talk About, where we're joined again by the inimitable uh, superwoman that is Donna Sarkar, sorry, Donna Sarkar, I should say, and of course, my wonderful co-host as always, uh, Mike Hartley, Hartford Midlands. And in this episode, we're going to be having a discussion around um, diversity and inclusion. And um, obviously, that's quite a hot topic at the moment, which it just happens to coincide with the time that we're recording this. It's something that Mike had mentioned a long time ago when he first uh, suggested doing the podcast. Um, but we're getting around to recording it now at a, a very high point uh, where diversity, diversity and inclusion is a hot topic for everybody. Now, we were talking about this. I was also talking with uh, Tricia Sinclair um, about uh, about the same and saying, like, I feel like we're very, um, very welcoming and inclusive as a community. Um, and we are because I don't believe we're discriminatory. I don't believe we would um, not welcome anybody based on their, their race, their religion, their socioeconomic status or any of those things. And she raised a very strong point, because, which is difficult for me to appreciate because I'm a you know, typical white person. I've not, not had any kind of difficulties in, in this area. Um, she said that there's, there's probably a lot of people, uh, black people, people from different uh, race or religious backgrounds who just think actually they, they don't know that we're welcoming and inclusive because they just think that's not for me. I don't get involved in, in the tech community because that's just not, I would, you know, I wouldn't be welcome there because they don't know us. Like we all know each other and it's great for us to say, oh, we're all lovely. But like <laughs> you don't know us, you know. So um She's she's doing some great stuff with uh, Black Black Minds Matter, um, and uh, in in August, which is fantastic. Uh, and we'd love to get some outreach programs going on. You know, what are your thoughts on what we can do as individuals to spread the word outside of our echo chamber into like the wider world that this is a an inclusive space? What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm really glad you're talking about this, and I know it's it's uncomfortable. And the fact that it's uncomfortable and you're doing it anyway shows tremendous growth. Um, you're right, many, many aspects, parts of the tech industry and the tech communities haven't had to think about this because up until recently, race wasn't a thing we talked about. Um, we all kind of imagined we're all this random, you know, from this random racial background and we're all colorblind and our color doesn't matter, et cetera. But color is not just the color of our skin, it's so much more about how we're raised and what we believe in and what our experiences have been throughout our lives. And I'm so grateful that we're in a place where we as a tech industry are first of all, able to talk about it and two, ready and willing to talk about it. Um, our black friends are struggling. They've been struggling for years on how they can fit in and blend into the tech industry without their blackness being noticed. And I consider that to be such a shame because it should be celebrated, not tolerated, right? And black people for for decades, years, like centuries, it's been celebrated and not tolerated, um, or it's been tolerated and not celebrated. And black people really do get awful comments like, you don't see, you know, I, I can't always forget that you're black or you don't even seem black to me because we consider it a black a bad thing, right? We say it like it's a bad thing. That would be like, oh, Alison, I almost I almost forget that you have, you know, rainbow hair. Or, you know, like, Mike, I forget that you have depression. 
like, don't say it like a bad thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's something to be celebrated. So I, of course, am deeply passionate about this for two deep, for two major reasons. One, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan in the U.S., which is predominantly black. And I grew up surrounded by all black people forever. Um, the first time I encountered non-black people, I was in college. So it's, for me, I just have a very different background. Um, I was raised by black women and it's just, that's what I think of as my family. And second, I spend a lot of time in Africa for my work, for my tech work. So I surround, I'm surrounded by black people a lot. So I feel very fortunate that I've been able to be kind of an insider into how black communities and black culture works. And I say incredibly lucky because black culture is amazing. And if we could all be a part of black culture, we'd be like, we'd never want to be part of any other culture because it's mine. Um, black people are celebratory. They're joyful. They express their feelings. Uh, they are giving and kind and loving and nurturing people. Um, so it's just one of those things where we as a tech community have to understand that we have to be vocally open to all kinds of backgrounds. And we can't just say that by saying, oh, yeah, we're open to everyone. It's a matter of proactively reaching out to people and saying, do you want to participate in this hackathon and be on my team? Right. Or I'm speaking at this thing and I would love for you with your background in teams development to speak at it also. It's being very proactive, reaching out to specific people and offering specific, really cool opportunities. So a few things that I do, uh, I've always done only because it's just how I tend to work is if I see someone who is black, immensely talented in some area and they're not getting the visibility they should be getting, I go find opportunities for them to be able to shine. And it often just takes one and other people are like, oh, this person's amazing. Let's get them to speak at our thing or, you know, contribute to our hackathon or write code for this open source project. Um, it really is just a matter of sharing this platform. I am immensely, immensely fortunate to have the platform I do. And I didn't earn it. It's not like, oh, I worked so hard and I got this platform. I got it because a lot of people took bets on me and a lot of people believed by nature of my academic background. I do have a computer science degree by where I work at Microsoft for 15 years, I am fully capable of having the job I do and have the platform I do. That is privilege. <laughs> that is privilege, 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 all day privilege. Um, I tell everyone privilege is not what you have. It's not what you have gone through. It's what you have not gone through. Yeah. I have never been in a place where someone looks at the color of my skin or my eyes or my hair and says, either consciously or subconsciously, says, I don't think you'll be a good culture fit. Maybe they have. I don't freaking know. But it's never <laughs> happened in a way where I feel it. But black people felt that always. They always have to tone it down, be a little less than, be a little more, you know, Anglo-Saxon, be a little more, you know, the way the world has been set up for predominantly white people. Again, um, when the systems of how we work, in jobs have been set up by predominantly white people, they're going to work for predominantly white people. So when someone says they're not a culture fit, it's like, that's right, because you set up the culture so that no one else is a fit. So it, it is very, very important for us to first identify, second, sponsor, and three, 
keep elevating, keep celebrating. We need to have more black people in positions of authority and leadership and influence. Um, so they're in places where they can set up systems of work that do work for people like them. Like there's no way me, Donna, you, Mark, you, Allison can set up a system that works for black people. It's just not, that makes no sense, right? We have no idea. If we knew what that was, we would have done it by now. So instead, the Trishas of the world and, you know, Foyans of the world and my friend Leandra and my friend Maria and David Fowler and all of these people in the Microsoft community who are black, but they all come from all different backgrounds. You know, some are from Africa, some are from the Caribbean, some are from the UK, some are from the US. It's so important for people from these backgrounds to have a leadership role in setting up environments that do work for for pe people who are black. Um, it's a very, very hard topic because we've been told it's a hard topic. We've been told you don't talk about this. You don't bring up someone's race. But I, rather than bringing up someone's race, I'm like, hi, you're black. Do you want to speak at my conference? I don't do this. Um, it's more making sure that we are represented in how we look. Um, and a lot of people are like, it shouldn't matter how you look. It just matters what's inside your head. I'm like, that, that's great for you. Uh, because you benefited from how you look. No one has said, oh, how you look is a bad thing. And you should not be speaking at this conference because of how you look, because you're not credible. No one's ever said, oh, I almost forgot you were ginger then. Exactly. I almost <laughs> forgot you were ginger because yeah. usually that would get in the way. Um, actually, it, it's funny you mentioned ginger here because I'm going to yes. drop in the ultimate ginger, Keith Watley. Keith. Ah, yeah. Good old Keith. Oh. Yeah. Trish came on to a virtual pub gathering one night just after George Floyd was hitting the news and everything else. Yeah. And she spoke very openly and very, very passionately. I mean, the amount of times that cameras on the call kept getting blanked out because people were in tears and didn't want to be seen to be. Yeah. Um, and it really struck. I mean, I'm, I'm middle-aged white guy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the epitome of white privilege um, in that I've not hit those obstacles. But one thing that Keith pointed out, and I mean, it's typical Keith style. He was very, very vocal, very powerful, very blunt about it. And he said, you go to any of our conferences, he said, and you look across the room and you will find that the gender balance, whilst there's still an issue there, you will find that there are a lot more women than there are people of colour. Yeah. So you can go to conferences and you will struggle to find a black face yeah. in the crowd. And it was really sobering. And it just prompted the thought that, is it because they don't, that those communities don't feel that they're able to apply for these jobs, that they don't feel they're able to apply for these industries as m almost as much as it is that the industries themselves have put up barriers. Um, and how, how, how do we go about rectifying that balance? And I get, I guess in some ways this, this is where the Microsoft community can really come into effect because we we can reach out not as part of organizations but as a community to reach out but but 
have, have you any thoughts on how how we can rectify this and sort of bring about this openness and welcoming? Well, first of all, people go to events or to companies when when they have role models that look like them. Like, honestly, I'll, I'll just be very honest. If there's a conference that's organized by all dudes um, and they were like, hey, we want you to speak at our conference. And I just look across and it's organized by dudes and all the speakers are dudes and it's an in-person conference. I would be far less likely to go. I would still go because it's part of my job and I'm very senior now. So it's it's a, something I kind of have to do. But earlier in career when it was optional, there's no way in hell you could convince me to go to this conference. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, just how we look is the most important thing, but you actually can't be what you can't see. And I would assume that they've never had a woman speaker and that this might be awkward, that people may not resonate with my message or the audience may not like it. I assume a conference organized by all dudes, with all dude speakers has an all dude audience. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want to go put myself in that environment. So yes, people do tap out. And second, um, those there are systems in place that keep people from being willing to attend. And it's not always on purpose. It's just something we do because we're used to it, right? So I think more important is how do we fix it? And I think the most important thing, sorry, my next Teams is calling me. Um, the most important thing we can be doing, there's there's three things. One, we hire from, you know, from in the US, we call them historically black colleges where they tend to be in the South. Um, there are places where there is large populations of black people in Atlanta and Dallas and all these places. Um, hire, hire more black engineers. But that's not, that's not, that's the easy part, right? Hiring young talent. Then nurturing and growing and making sure they have mentors, they have sponsors, and not just mentors who are sponsors who are black, but mentors and sponsors who look like us, who have access to things that they may not even know about. Um, who may ac have access to, oh, there's a job opening coming up over here. You should lead this committee. There's a hackathon organizer. There's you know, a speaking gig, et cetera, et cetera. So be having access to mentors and sponsors. And third, um, being, being elevated so others can see the work they're doing. They shouldn't always have invisible jobs. They should have the high-profile keynote at Ignite. They should have the, you know, very visible, hey, you're in this video because of the work you did. It's so important to do this. And the more we do this work, the more this person will be. It shouldn't be this. Um, I hate when we kind of try to take care of the black communities, right? That's we're not good at this, as proven by history. Um, this is not something we are good at. Instead, the job should be to have uh, people who are black or from whatever background it happens to be the minority in this case um, assume positions of leadership and us get the heck out of the way it's not a matter of saying like oh i'm going to give you my platform borrow it to you rent it to you so you use it to solve your problem and leave it's give you my platform and leave right build a better, bigger platform i always say just build a bigger table like what are you doing it's not you giving up your seat because then you're saying okay I am a supporter, I'm going to give up my seat, and I'm going to leave. Is that person going to be supported, given that the supporter is left? No, they're not. That's why I actually don't believe in that concept. Instead, I'm like, make a bigger table, right? Uh, pull up another chair and be like, hello, community members, 
um, this is so-and-so. She has endless years of experience and blah, blah, blah. And she's going to help us solve this problem. And be supportive. Make sure she's heard. Make sure that her ideas get implemented. Make sure that if she's got a different point of view and none of us get it, it's not our job to go and play devil's advocate. It's to believe her and bring that bring those ideas to light and make sure that they get the attention they need. So it's a matter of I, I focus on elevating and celebrating, right? Elevate and celebrate, but don't speak on behalf of, don't uh, act like we know what's best. Make sure that our entire goal out of this whole exercise is to have more black decision makers, right? It's not to have more black engineers who are new hires. That's goal one, but that's not the most important one. It's not just to have black people being mentored and sponsored and grown. It's have more black decision makers so that they get to decide, okay, who should be keynoting this conference? Who should be doing this? Who should be doing that? And that's when we know we've won when we don't need to have this conversation because everyone's like, yeah, obviously, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, that's when we know we've done it right. But it's a very, very hard topic. And that's a good thing because that means we as an industry are growing and learning. Elevate and celebrate. I like that. I Elevate. like that. That is, yeah. That's yeah, I loved I loved what you said about um, people will attend things where they see people like themselves. Like that's that's hugely key, isn't it? And I, you know, as inclusive as we are, there, there just aren't that many people, uh, you know, right. from different uh, religious uh, backgrounds or different races, and we need to mm -hmm. be aware of that. We need to be uh, allies and supporters of of those people who we can elevate and celebrate in the community, right? There's a yeah. super practical thing we can do. Um, so if you're on Twitter, which many of the viewers will be, there's a hashtag called Black Tech Twitter. And if you need some insight, if you want someone to speak at your conference, if you want someone to apply for jobs, if you want people to head up teams in a hackathon, ping Black Tech Twitter and say, hey, Black Tech Twitter, I'd love to sponsor other black speakers to speak at my conference. So please let me know if you're interested in doing that. That's worked amazing for me, by the way. Um, I've been able to find like 10 new black speakers by doing this and all talented, incredibly talented people from very interesting backgrounds. And, you know, their demos are sweet and they're really cool and very different than anything I've made. So everyone wins. So we, we just have to do the work and say, oh, am I putting together a meetup? Do I have a diversity of speakers? And for people who look like us, it's on us to check these organizers. Um, I've been doing it. When someone asked me to speak at their conference, I'm like, how many black speakers do you have? They're like, oh, we can't find any. I'm like, great, you should go do that. And then you should come back and ask me. <laughs> so the first thing we need to do for this podcast when we talk about diversity is to go and find some black guests. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Paying black tech Twitter. Um, I, ask for I, recommendations. I can already, yeah, I can already think of at least four or five people I would invite. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be nice to, to speak to some new people for sure. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think we'll we'll wrap it up there because I think you need to dash. So sorry for going over time. That's okay. Thank you so much for you know just sharing your platform and bringing up this really really important topic. Right? These are things we don't talk about, but I'm so glad that we are talking about them. And thank you so much, Donna. It's been brilliant having you for these two first two podcasts. It's just so so brilliant. And yeah, uh, yeah thank you so much thank you be safe be right. well i'll all see right. you all Take care now, folks. someday <gasps> yes 
hope yeah. so. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> right, take care, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Things We Don't Talk About with Alison Mulligan and Mike Hartley.